Welcome to The First Draft Club, a podcast to help you write your book with joy, clarity, and maybe a few coffee stains. If you're working on a novel or a memoir, whether you haven't written creatively since seventh grade English or you have an MFA in creative writing, this podcast is for you. I am here to help you fight through resistance and finish your draft. I'm Mary Atkins. You can find my three novels, When You Read This, Privilege, and Palm Beach, at your favorite bookstore. If you live in Nashville, you might run into me at the local farmer's market on a Saturday morning. I'll be the one chasing the four-year-old who's just stolen the bell that signals the start of the market. That is a true story. (laughs) Each episode of this podcast, I will be tackling a hot writing topic from how to write when you aren't inspired to how to get a literary agent. I'll share my strategies for tackling questions and problems that all authors face as we make our way to the final page. Each episode is short. We get in and we get out so you can get back to your life and your writing. And this season, you can check out the video versions of my podcast episodes on my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch, just go to the episode description where you'll find the link to my channel. Have you gotten my free training on how to write your dream book with a full-time job and a life? I want to send it to you. If you're working on a novel or memoir, this one-hour training will change your writing life. And I really mean that. I'm not being hyperbolic. Just go to thebookincubator.com to apply for my program, The Book Incubator. The application is only two questions plus your contact information. And if you're accepted, I'll send you the free training along with information on the program with no obligation to enroll. You get the free training walking you through my process of writing a book no matter what. And you will love it. Trust me. So go to thebookincubator.com. It takes less than five minutes and will be well worth your time. Okay, with that, let's get to the episode. One of the most common questions I get from writers I'm working with about their books is, how do I decide what happens next? So in this episode, I'm going to share five of my favorite idea-generating exercises for deciding what comes next in your story. All right, so the first one to dive right in is the open-ended brainstorm. To do this, you're going to step away from your draft. It's really important that you not do this in your draft, because what you're going to do is very open-mindedly ask, what could happen from here? And you're doing this with an open mind, meaning anything goes. I don't want you to judge it at all. I want you to allow yourself to, to get crazy. Aliens could land. A hurricane could hit. The couple could break up or they could get back together. Someone could die. Someone could be resurrected. <laughs> A whole new character could be introduced. The, the whole point is you don't want to judge any of these ideas based on what feels you know consistent or what feels realistic for the story you're telling or what feels like it should happen next. You want to just list out anything because that's what's going to get you like pushing the bounds of, of the most obvious thing to happen next. Again, you're not writing anything in your draft. It's really important that this brainstorm goes in a separate place so that you're not precious about it or worried that you're committing to something. And in fact, in terms of committing to something, I would actually not go with your first idea, probably. It's very unlikely to be your best idea. It's more likely you're going to go with like your fifth or sixth or 15th idea. When you write it, 
it's going to make you think, oh, that could be kind of cool, but it feels a little scary. You know, I don't, I don't know if this is a good idea, but it excites me. You know, maybe your heart starts picking up its pace. That's kind of the sweet spot. It's scary, but it feels exciting to write. Now, before I leave this exercise, I just want to share a favorite mantra of mine when it comes to deciding what happens next. And that mantra is something beats nothing. I will literally say this to myself uh, in my head over and over as I'm writing. Something beats nothing. Whenever I'm deciding between two courses of action, something beats nothing because this is a story. And therefore, we want action. We want something to happen. We're not just reading a story so that we can see a character sit there and think. So if you're trying to decide between scenes and one of them is more active and one of them is more passive, I always recommend going for the more active one. You can always change this on a later draft, but particularly in a first draft, you're not going to hurt yourself by taking a more active route. The second exercise is to agitate a current tension in your story. All right, so this is really similar to the first in the sense that we're brainstorming again. But this time when we're brainstorming, we are making a list of, well, we're starting by making a list of the current tensions in your story. And I'm using that plural because, uh, I mean, anything that exists already, that is a point of tension. We're then going to pick one of these to agitate. By tension, I mean, what's going on in the story that the reader is worried about? What conflicts have you created that are causing the reader to think, oh, how is this going to be resolved? How is she going to resolve this? You probably have a handful of tensions that you've introduced into your story. You know, um, is he going to quit his job? Is he going to get the job? Um, How is the date going to go? Uh, is she going to get that glass of water she really wants? I mean, w- you know, it can be big or small, but you have some underlying tensions that you have introduced. If you don't have any tension in your story that you can think of, well, that's good information for you to ha- know because you should have some tension. A story needs tension. So if you can't think of any tension, you know, if everything is harmonious and going well, then you're going to want to go back and, and add some tension in. Once you have a list of the tensions that exist, you're going to choose one to agitate. How can you make it? Think, I sometimes think of it like a rubber band. Like if the rubber band, um, by creating tension, you know, if you were to create tension in a rubber band, you would literally, you know, make it a little bit taut. It would not be slack. So let's say you've created some tension. Our, our analogy here is the rubber band. How can you make it more taut? How can you stretch it even farther? How can you build on one of the tensions that you've already created? As long as you are exacerbating tensions in your story, it's hard to go wrong. All right. Exercise number three. I don't mean to sound patronizing because it really is a legitimate strategy for solving this, but it's one that's so obvious. We sometimes forget about it. Exercise number three is to sleep or shower on it. Basically put the question out there, you know, to the, to the universe of what should happen next, enter into a receptive state, and let it come to you when you're not actually sitting in front of your computer or notebook. I honestly kind of think of this as my superpower now as a writer. The longer that I have been writing, the more and more I use this particular method. 
I jot down, you know, what it is I need to figure out, need to figure out what happens next, like what this character is worried about or what's going to happen between these characters. And then I just let my subconscious work on it while I'm doing something else. This has a term, at least uh, I, I think I'm, I'm accurate in saying that the term for this is diffuse processing. And it can be a really powerful way of sorting out what is going to come next in your book. If you're like me, I find a lot of times the idea will just hit me when I'm not actually sitting down and trying to, you know, quote unquote, work in an official way. Hey, before I go on, I just want to interrupt myself to say that if you are loving this podcast, you can find a lot more where this came from on my YouTube channel, which is linked to in the episode notes of this episode. You can also learn about working with me on your book by going to thebookincubator.com. Okay, back to the episode. All right, exercise number four is to go experience art of some sort, art. Now listen, it doesn't have to be visual art in a museum, although it totally could be. You'd go to a museum. But you could also read a book or a comic book or a poem or read, you know, someone else's work that makes you think, oh, I want to do this. They did such an amazing job. I want to do this. Or read something you don't like and it makes you think, oh, I can do this. If they can do this, I can do this. You know, whatever it is, get inspired by others. And inspiration doesn't always have to come in the form of emulation, right? We can be inspired by by wanting to do something differently than than someone else did. Sometimes I think people struggle to to go experience art because it feels um, too indulgent or like a waste of time or inefficient. They think, oh, I have too many other things to do. This feels luxurious or or wasteful or selfish. You know, but who cares? First of all, I mean, you live once and you're a human, so go enjoy yourself. Okay. Like it can, it doesn't have to be a means to an end YOLO, but also it works going to see other people's art, whether it's, you know, something more traditional, like I said, like a museum or something more untraditional, even if you know, just watching a movie on Netflix, something I watch so many movies I think are terrible and they all inspire me in some way. Doing so can just jostle us out of our slump, you know, really uh, be a good way of, of prodding us into new thoughts as writers. And my fifth and final tip, which honestly is my favorite one and also the weirdest one, is to follow the rising bile sensation. Now, when I've, when I've shared this with the writers in my program, I'm always... Um, a little bit nervous to say this aloud because I am not being metaphorical here. I am 100% being literal. And again, this is probably my best tip for figuring out what to write next. It took me a long time to realize this, but eventually I did realize that whenever I write something good, I kind of feel like I'm going to throw up. And I, you know, I mean this, so it's sort of similar to how you might feel when you're really nervous. It's, it's a nervousness that again, in my case, it can only speak for myself, but in my case, I find usually means I am onto something good. That means I'm onto something that's a little scary for me to write. I'm onto something. um, it, It can also mean that it means something to me. You know, I care. 
Like there's something on the line. Otherwise I wouldn't feel nervous. I wouldn't feel a little, a little tiny bit nauseous. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to resolve it. It feels vulnerable in a way that makes me uncomfortable. And, and I don't necessarily mean vulnerable in that I'm personally sharing something about myself or my own feelings, but it, I mean, it can be that, but it can also be vulnerability as an author because I, it, it's making me vulnerable because I don't know how I am going to resolve it. I'm putting my characters in a situation that I have not planned for. <laughs> That's freaking scary as a writer. And it's also exciting and it's also where the good stuff is. So any of these things might be true you know, to create this nervousness that you're exploring feelings you're uncomfortable with, that it's plot that makes you uncomfortable, that, that, that you as the author don't know where this is going to go from here. But regardless of the reason behind the nervousness, the nervousness itself, I have discovered, again, is typically a sign that what I am writing is my better writing. It is good writing that is going to resonate with a reader later. So I've learned to follow it, to follow the rising bile sensation. And those are my five exercises for you to decide what happens next. If you're still listening, I'm guessing that you're writing a book or want to write a book. And if so, I want to hear from you. Because when I'm not writing, my mission in life is to help writers write their dream books. I love it. I live for it. Because before I published my novels, I first had to figure out how to write one. And this wasn't easy because none of the writing classes I had taken had shown me how to actually write a novel. It wasn't until I had a newborn at home and only a little bit of time to write every day that I came up with a process. And that process worked. I wrote my entire novel during my eight-week maternity leave. Now I teach that process in my program, The Book Incubator, and it has worked for dozens of other writers. If you're curious to know more and to see if maybe this is the right fit for you, I have a free video walking you through my process for writing a book. And you can get it by going to thebookincubator.com and just telling me a little bit about yourself and what you're looking for. So go to thebookincubator.com, fill out the short form, and you'll hear from me within 72 hours. Happy writing. Thanks for listening and see you next week.